Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Josh Neighbors here. This is a Neighborhood Watch. On today's show, Chris Level joins the program. We preview Texas Tech for 2023. Our Big 12 football previews roll on. I am in transit today on my way to Dallas, Texas for Big 12 Media Days. So fingers crossed, uh, no news breaks on this Tuesday. If it does, I might be able to get a show out later. The microphone will be heading with me. But today's show, Texas Tech Preview. Red Raider fans are pumped for this season. So I hope you all enjoy this preview. Nobody covers the Texas Tech Red Raiders like Chris Level. There's just such a variety of places you can find Chris Level. Uh, inside the uh, inside Red Raiders, uh, you know, also we can find you calling games as well. Uh, Texas Tech football and basketball. And uh, everybody's favorite guest when it comes to covering Texas Tech. It is Chris Level. Oh, also, Locked On Red Raiders uh, is a place you can find him. Chris Level joins the Neighborhood Watch for the first time. Chris, nice to talk to you. I appreciate it, Josh. Thank you for uh, having me. Yeah, RedRaiderSports.com since 2002. I guess yeah. working with Learfield since 2007 or eight, uh, and then uh, obviously doing Locked On just for about a year. Uh, Locked On Texas Tech. So yeah, it's uh, and then did like yeah. I know you do a morning radio show, but I did uh, did that for about 17 years here in the old LBK. Mm. So uh, yeah, but it's it's fun fun to have these uh, various platforms, and and then uh, you know it's. Football season is getting close, so I know that uh, we're all itching for it to, to get here. But nice to have a break in the summertime, too. No fan base more fired up than Texas Tech. It is They, they for my money, are the most talked about team in the offseason. You and I talked about it a little bit coming off the bowl game. And um, you know they were a team that received, we saw the poll yesterday, received first place votes, picked fourth, I believe, in the preseason poll. Um you know, they return eight guys on offense, six on defense. Kind of, we'll get, we'll get more specifically to it. But the one thing that is undeniable and it feels like it's kind of carried, carried over is the momentum from last year. There is strong momentum in terms of recruiting. There is strong momentum in terms of retention. There is strong momentum in terms of the quality of, you know, player they can go after now and the quality of player they are bringing back. Um, Joe McGuire did not lose much steam in the offseason. It felt like it, it felt like it, it kind of maintained. Would you say that's a fair assessment? Yeah, Josh, and if anything, it kind of picked up steam. Uh, I just think, and I think Joey has as much to do with with the, I don't know if the right word is hype, uh, but, you know, anticipation uh, as anybody. Uh, because, you know, when I was, whenever I was covering Mike around here, uh, Mike would, would was famous for, he, he didn't really want to get the cart before the horse, you know, and he would kind of, tamper expectations and try to like not get his team built up. And he, he, he didn't really say a whole lot of things positively to the media uh, about his guys at times he would, but it, but, but his MO more often than not was like, Hey man, I don't want these guys reading how good they are. They haven't done anything yet. We've got a long way to go, you know, all that kind of stuff. And Joey, the flip side with Joey is it's very outside the box in that the first or second spring practice, he's like running to the camera going, this team that just practiced right here, 
I think it may be better than that that bowl team that we just that just beat Ole Miss by 17 points and that finished with a a four game winning streak. So he's been he's been singing their praises, and I think that he will flat out tell you, you know, look, we've got a chance. Uh, we, we've got a chance to really make some noise and do some damage, and and it's kind of a refreshing. Uh, you know, and, and, and I think people are believing him because they have no reason not to. But I, I I think that he knows that he's got a pretty good team with not many weaknesses, if any, uh, on, on paper. So the, also a big part of this, too, is they, they return both coordinators, which you always love to see. And, and I know for, you know, I, I don't mean to lump the Big 12 schools together, but I mean, it can be sometimes a proving ground, right? We, we saw, you know, last year, Garrett Riley. Obviously, uh, he's moved on to Clemson. Uh, you know, I think we'd say if Kendall Riles does well, if Zach Kitley does well, you know, I think some folks believe Zach Kitley is destined for a head coaching job maybe next uh, as opposed to a, another high, high end, you know, coordinator job. But Tim DeRuiter back, uh, Zach Kitley back. And that is really important because I obviously I don't know how involved Joey is in some of the game planning stuff, but really this situation where you want to let those two guys cook and it's nice to have both of them back and it's nice to have a lot of the guys back that played for both of those guys. Continuity, um, I, I think, uh, and they complement each other so well. You know, you, 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 Joey talks about the brand all the time, and and to me, last year, and and Joey's first year, the brand was as, was as much about going for it on fourth down as anything. Right. And I think that you have to have coordinators that are on the same page there. And the fact that Tim is a bit older and experienced, and probably not going to do this for just too much longer. And you have a really young offensive coordinator, but they they gelled and vibed, and everybody was on the same page. Because if you have two young coordinators like trying to make a name for themselves, it's like, hey, wait a second, you're putting my defense in a bad spot. Like this right. isn't the numbers aren't gonna, you know, statistically, you know, all that stuff. But they 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 were a perfect complement to each other, and thankfully for Tech, Zach Kitley, you know, obviously went to school at Tech. His dad is a stud track coach here, uh, won a national championship three or four years ago, and he's got a lot of family support in Lubbock, Texas, and he's got some some youngsters. So that goes a long way in where he wants to be. But he turned down a pretty substantial offer from, I think, Mississippi State uh, that was a three-year contract uh, to stay here and, and make less money. And I think Texas Tech knows that eventually they're going to have to really up that salary for these coordinators and that's already kind of started to happen but yeah i think you you nail a, a great point and that continuity and stability is huge with so many guys coming back no new schemes just kind of tinkering with what they already did and they were really good at what they did on on each side of the ball last year so i want to i want to talk about the tinkering part of this because i, I so i love the everybody i think everybody loves the offense it's a lot of fun to watch i think the question i have is this is that and I'm not sure if it's it's a Kitley's offense thing, but or just a luck thing combination of both. The quarterback usage is really high. Um, it is it is a very quarterback reliant offense, and we did see all three guys get nicked up and banged up last year with that. And I think we all love the idea of Tyler Shuck, right? A six five, two thirty kid who's a pretty good athlete, rumble a little bit. He's got a great arm, but the knock for him now recently is the health. And the good news for them is Baron Morton is still in the wings, right? But I think it was – the fact that they hold on, held on to two quarterbacks of, of the quality that they had is, is pretty good. Donovan Smith, we get to see in the league, which I think is good. I like Donovan Smith. He's a fun player to watch. I'm glad he's still going to be in the Big 12 Conference. Um, on that front, like I think, we, once again, we all like the idea of Tyler Shock. He showed in moments last year how good he can be. The bowl game, obviously very impressive. Uh, you know, he was fantastic in the game against Oklahoma, 
right? But the injury piece is a big piece of this. Do you think that there is some concern about quarterback deployment usage that they might kind of do some things differently this year in terms of you know how much the quarterback has relied upon and maybe try to spread that out a bit so they can protect the the investment back there? I, I would say that um, in in college football in general, but in the Big Twelve specifically, you're always going to have. Uh, some QB run game involvement. Uh, that's just the that's just the sport. I think that you know, and and everybody kind of had issues with keeping their quarterback healthy in the Big Twelve last year. I mean, we don't even know the name of Max Duggan like we do if if not for Chandler Morris going down, and and it goes on and on. J- Jalen Daniels, I mean, Spencer Sanders. And, oh yeah, everybody yeah, just yeah. had had issues, um, and I, I would say you know, and obviously with what you did on offense last year. And you were, I think you were like 12th in the country in passing yards per game. You were like 22nd in the country in points scored per game. And, and people, you know, got frustrated around here at times with the offense. One, because they're kind of spoiled. Okay. This is what, I mean, this is what this school is known for since Mike was here for, for 20 plus years. You just put up points and you, you, you accumulate yards. And it's just like, this is what we do. You roll out of bed and, and all that. But, people will forget years from now that you had three different starting quarterbacks. That is unheard of uh, to, to play at a high level and have an eight-win season when you have three different starting quarterbacks. Some teams, I mean, look at look at what Oklahoma had behind Dylan Gabriel last year. It just fell off the, you know, they fell off the map. And and I think uh, I think that you were fortunate enough to have three. So that, that was some of it. I think that you know, they, they are going to use the, the quarterbacks in, in various things, red zone, short yardage and all that stuff. But to your point, Josh, I think, yeah, you don't necessarily need to use them as much. Uh, I think, I think though, red zone and, and, and short yardage, it's going to be and, – and the thing about Shook is he's been hurting back-to-back years. One was diving into the end zone, scoring a touchdown in Austin two years ago. And just landed wrong, and and you know, but he he was scoring a touchdown, and I think you're, it was like a, a two or three yard run, and he just falls on his collarbone, and it, it broke. And then last year against Murray State, he's 15 yards downfield and just doesn't slide quick enough, you know. And it's so these are somewhat fluky uh, type deals, but yeah, to your point, you don't want to put them in harm's way. But I will tell you, Shuck he took some major hits in, yeah. against Ole Miss, yeah. Like late, like flagged late hits, and he popped right. up and stood over the guy and was like, you know, and now he's added about eight to ten pounds, so he's up to about two thirty six. I saw him about two or three weeks ago. He's like, told me I'm at two thirty six, and so I think, and he hasn't lost any speed, according to Coach McGuire, he hasn't lost any speed. So I think that he's trying to be more durable. But I, I, I think to your point, yeah, you don't want to necessarily uh, have to put them in harm's way, but like. Last year, he went Colin Klein on Iowa State at the end of that game. They just mm-hmm. ran QB power and and ended the game. And I, I was like, this has been done to Texas Tech so much over the years. It is fascinating to watch you trying to do right. that to somebody else and just end the game because right. your QB is, is getting four or five, six yards a pop. And they the defense can do anything to stop it. It gets a really good Iowa State defense. I, I think people like the, the, the skill group they have is it's really it, – it's got just – across the map you kind of like where they are right mm-hmm. they've got good size they've got some good speed they've got you know good guys out of the backfield uh you know got a tight end people like too i mean the, the the offense should i think look pretty similar i think people are pretty high on the pass catching group 
uh, this year. And I think people were expecting, especially from Jerron Bradley, people were expecting a, a, a massive year from him. Yeah, they're um... – my, my, my thought about the entire team is is that the strength of this team is their lack of weakness and there's really right. not there's really not any any place that is a question mark on offense at all last year it was the offensive line they have fixed that um they they had a, a player Cole Spencer that missed last year because of injury that came from Western Kentucky with Kitley he was an all-conference guy there then they added Western Kentucky center uh, in the offseason, and it allows them to move probably their best offensive lineman last year, Dennis Wilburn, from center to guard. And so your interior has three seniors that are experienced and very, very good, and they fl- flip the tackles. But as far as, you know, as far as your skill guys, I don't know if there's, you know, Jerron Bradley was first team all conference. Uh, I think freshman All American last year, he's got some numbers to back it up 700 yards, I think about seven touchdowns uh, receiving. Mm-hmm. But they don't have – like, there's no Xavier Worthy here. I don't know if there's right. a guy that can just take over a game. However, they're – yeah, they are very deep. Um, you know, they really love Cameron Valdez and, and Nehemiah Martinez, who's going to play running back and slot behind Taj Brooks. I think they feel like they've got lots of depth at running back, and they're faster there. The only guy on offense you really lost was Sir Roderick Thompson. And, and he was – he's like third or fourth on the school – uh, touchdown scored list and so that's not nothing he was really good in the red zone I think 34 35 touchdowns scored in his career very productive career but he's not Sir Roderick's not the fastest guy he was kind of very similar to Taj I feel like they've got some some change of pace there that, that would benefit them and then receiving wise you're right all the tight ends are back all the receivers are back uh, I think Dre McCray is a sneaky good ad I mean this is a guy that had 111 yards receiving against Alabama last year when he was at Austin P, which is you know, Nick Saban, they obviously know the ball's going to Dre McCray. They can't do a whole lot about it. Right. And and he adds a speed component. He's the guy that can get behind the defense and stretch the field. And Loic Fungi is a guy that really came on at the end of the year. And if he can just stay healthy, he's kind of had the Tyler Shuck problem. When he's there and available, because this is a four-star recruit that turned down Texas and all these things, if he stays healthy, he, he could be – you know, your, your guy, he really could be, mm-hmm. but he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And so that's really the, uh, the key with him, but they have lots of bells and whistles uh, to play with there. And I can't wait to see kind of what Zach Kitley's does. And to your point, Josh, because of that, they don't need to use the quarterback quite as much. Right. And, and you mentioned Strider Thompson, you know, going away. And this is a theme across the board. They're old. They're really and like so. I mean, you're you're you know your number one guy is Taj Brooks. So, oh my God! I mean, Chris, he feels like he's been, you know, he's been at Texas Tech for forever, and that's that's kind of a nice thing to have. And and also too, I like I like the fact that this was an old group and it was an awesome group in the red zone. They were the second best. They were the second best red zone offense, and you you touched on that too. But like that is you know that's one of those things where discipline and and, and you know uh, I guess. Also, chemistry really does help in repetition. I mean, being down in that area, succeeding in that area, that is that is where you can win and lose games, and they're already good there. So I, I kind of like that. Let's let's flip to the defense. So this was not a group last year that, and I I, I want to be careful how I how I how I kind of word this because when Texas Tech plays the way they do on offense, it is not always going to put your defense in the best spots. No, um, it's just it's not how it's going to work if you're going to go high volume passing attack. Clock stoppages will happen. Uh, and, you know, I mean, the Baylor game, I mean, the, that defense was never going to be able to hold up in that game with the number of extra possessions Baylor ended up getting. So 
what do you think is the key for this group? And I know they've made it, you know, they've, they've hit the portal pretty hard, you know, across the board, but what are the key additions for them this year? And, and what do you think is kind of the change that we're going to see from last year to this year when it comes to the defensive side? You know, you lose Tyree Wilson, uh, which was one of the best players in the conference in the country. Uh, obviously, yes. the, Raider, the Raiders felt uh, that way as well as he was the seventh pick yes. of the draft. But but Joey will tell you that that they may be better on defense, especially up front. They don't have anybody as dynamic as Tyree. But but the the, the totality of the group, uh, I think, is what – and it started with Tony Bradford and Jalen Hutchings, your two anchors in the middle – they're kind of like Taj Brooks. I think people are probably looking around the league going, they're still there. Jalen Hutchings, I feel like he's been there forever. Yes. And and they're just really, really good college football players. They're not, they don't necessarily fit uh, the NFL measurable. I think Jalen Hutchings is going to get a shot at the next level, but they mm -hmm. weren't no brainers to, to leave and, and pass up. And I think NIL plays a factor uh, there. They've got both starting corners back uh, in, in Rayshon Williams and Malik Dunlap, both that are 6'3 guys, which is crazy for corners. And I think Malik Dunlap actually kind of turned around a mid-round mid you know, draft grade to return. Again, NIL has something that's to say there. And so you feel really old uh, on that uh, side of the ball. And I think uh, th they really like – this is where some of the recruiting is going to come into play because I think they really like the group that didn't play a ton or that redshirted last year. And in the spring game, they were just – they were dominant at times. And it was kind of fun to watch because you had depth and it didn't really drop off when other guys came in. The, 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 the two guys I would tell you to answer your question, one of the guys is Miles Cole. He was on the team last year. But he's the first guy off the bus. Uh, he 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 played sparingly last year. They moved him from inside to outside a little bit. This is a 6'6", 6'7", 280-pound guy that has longer arms than Tyree. He checks all the boxes, and I think they're really looking for him to, to be a major player uh, this year. And I think they think he'll be he'll be drafted because he checks every mm -hmm. measurable box that you could you could ever come up with. Uh, from a, from an NFL standpoint. And then Steve Linton is the guy that they're really excited about. He was at Syracuse and being used in a different scheme at Syracuse and it'll be used here. And, you know, I think, I think what Tim DeRuiter can look at guys and say, Hey, look, man, Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, I, I coached him. He's a top 10 pick at Oregon next year. I coached Tyree Wilson. He's a top 10 pick at Texas tech. Hey, that Von Miller guy at A&M. That's the guy that I coach. He has the ability to put guys in a mm. scheme and just let them have at it and showcase their abilities. And he feels like Steve Linton is that guy. Shows up at 217 pounds at semester. He's now about 235. Uh, <laughs> lightning, lightning quick. Um, and just a bit on. And Zach Kitley even said during spring stuff, he's like, I just had to start calling plays to uh, away from him because we couldn't, right. we couldn't really get him blocked. But those are a couple of guys up front. And this is why I think Joey feels like the total group may be better than it was last year. And you won your last four games last year, and people are going to forget this too. Tyree Wilson didn't play in three of those games. Didn't play, yeah. Yeah, and so you still maintained it. Uh, but it's, you know this, in this league, man, it's all about red zone defense. And which, which of which they had a very good one last year. That's did. actually the one. Most statistical areas, they did not do very well, but the red zone defense – Mm -hmm. was an area that they were incredibly strong in, it's, which is funny because the red zone offense, the red zone defense. And I think, Chris, you were at all those games. I mean, that's that's kind of why you can attribute you know as much success as they did despite the quarterback 
you know, carousels because those two groups showed up in the in, in the red area. Yeah, and, and they don't, you know, I, I think this is a, a, as much coaching and maturity as anything. Like the, the quick change they talk about, you know, in, in football when a momentum, you know, hey, we go for it on fourth down, we don't get it. Got to send the right. defense out there and you can you can have the life sucked out of you. But Tim DeRuiter talks about, hey, man, I, I have a bunch of firemen playing for me. There's mm. a fire out there, right. you know, put it out, you know, <laughs> like, and, and, and they kind of, it's a maturity. It's a, it's a, you know, they just don't flinch. And I think runners on second and third, we got to get some yeah. outs. Yeah. yeah. Bring the closer in, go to the, right. go to the pen. Absolutely. And so I think your age has a lot to do with that, but they talk about it at this time of year all the time, you know, don't, don't, let's not ride the way because there was a time around here with this program where, I was down on that sideline and you could just see the shoulders drop, the body language changes, and you could kind of sense, uh, uh Oh, here we go again. And not anymore. Uh, and I think, you know, a lot of that has to do with the, their head coach and just his positive outlook and everybody understands we're going to be aggressive. We're going for it on fourth down to the tune of, I think last year was like 62% or 63% conversion rate, which mm -hmm. is nuts. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, that going in, look, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, the defense is aware of it as anybody and they're, they're ready for it. So when I look at the schedule, you know, I think about, so I think about last year and I think about this year. So I think about kind of like the inflection point games, you know, they had the rally against Houston, um, that game against Texas, obviously the rally, another rally in that one too, that Kansas state game, you know, it was, I mean, they were right, you know, they're right. They're going to the fourth quarter and that, that kind of went the way it did. And the, you know, the Baylor game was another one of those. It was a big game, obviously big moment, didn't go well. But then you go late, you know, later in the season, it's a night game where they have Oklahoma come down. No, Oklahoma is a disaster, but they have that, you know, awesome, fun shootout win. And so I'm trying, I'm trying to, and I also think the going for the fourth down part of this is something, but like I'm thinking about the kinds of games, you know, I think when we're talking about Texas this year, right? The kinds of games Texas dropped in the five and seven year, they won a couple more of those last year, but still had some close games they lost. And then what it looked like this year. That's what I'm trying to think about. So I'm trying to think about you know the the, the types of games, uh, you know, like the TCU game last year, right? Just a rock fight, and I mean that that's where the fourth down conversions that they could not they could not seem to convert very much in the second half of that game, if I remember correctly. Um, and so I, I think about the schedule this year. Like it's I like the schedule. I, I think I think it breaks pretty well for them. I like the fact they're getting that night test against Oregon early because number one, like there's a goal we're talking about Big Twelve championship game you know, that game does not matter, but I think it's great to have a night game at home national spotlight with a group that had uh, a failure, a pretty significant failure in, in the nationally televised night game against a school in green last year. Right. So I think it's kind of a nice early callback, if you will, but all right, we've been here before. We had one where it went well against Oklahoma. We had one where it did not go well against Baylor. And so I think it's kind of a, a great early season test against a really good team that I'm not saying it's going to tell us everything, but how they handle that is going to be ex very important to me, just kind of an idea of like where this team is maturity wise. And, I, and I, I think they have a good chance of winning that game, to be honest. Yeah. And that's what makes the Wyoming game uh, on the road on national television. Uh, Missouri had this problem. They did yep. the same thing. My Missouri Tigers went there a couple years ago and they lost a game they should not have. And it, it screwed up yeah. their entire year. That's what that's what makes that Wyoming game yeah a bit tricky because uh, there's so many people talking about the Oregon game. It's a it's a right. awesome. It's why we love college football is that you've got this game on your schedule that's going to be nationally relevant and 
and it's the the home opener, um, and and I do think that you match up really well uh, with Oregon on paper. Uh, I think a lot of people will, will think that Tech can fare well in that game, specifically because of where the game is. But you're going to get a lot of credit if you win it, and you have to be careful that if you don't, that it doesn't affect what else you have going on because you've kind of got so much talk about that. But he, Joey was as excited as anybody when he found out the kick time for that game and it was going to be a night game and all those things. Mm-hmm. So it really just sets up. You've got a lot of stadium construction going on this year, which kind of is, is unfortunate. It's the price of progress. They're in the midst of a correct $250 million uh, you know, renovation to one st- – end of the stadium and it's it's just in the you know next year when we're talking about this it'll be completely done but right i just wish that this game could be showcased when that stadium was done but it is what it is um but i i you know i i think the to me the the two purple teams coming into uh to lubbock this year those are swing games because last year you mentioned the baylor game you were six and one at home against baylor that that was really the first time where you just didn't play well you know you turn it over a ton and, you know, Baron Morton just did not have it that day. And their uh, offensive line got whipped. They got whipped. Yes. Baylor had their way up front with, with Tech in that game. Yeah, and and, it, and that's when I thought, well, after watching Baylor that night, I thought, okay, they're about to go off and just run off with this deal because they were picked to win the league last year, and they looked pretty good the following week, but then it just kind of the wheels just kind of fell off. Right. And, you know, but, yeah, we had a hard time stopping Richard Reese and and, and that offensive line uh, on the other side of it. But uh, uh, I, I just look at the Kansas State and TCU games because if you can win right. those two games at home, TCU's on a Thursday night, and you just have had a hard time competing against Kansas State in, in recent years. You've been right there at times, just can't quite get over the hump. I mean, that's the game that ultimately got uh, Matt Wells fired is that – you know, they were right there and had a I think a 14 point lead at the half and then just came out and then couldn't couldn't get it done. And and you you're five and three and they they decided to make a change. But Kansas State's just been a bugaboo for, for a lot of folks, but but yeah. uh, Texas Tech uh for sure. But those two games are and and I'm I'm very intrigued. Everybody's gonna look at the Texas game on the road to very the very end on Black Friday and all that, and understandably so. You'll you'll be the last regular season conference opponent for for Texas and I love that I game. Be, I love that game. Yeah. I love everybody so rooting for you. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by the trip to Provo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard nothing but interesting things about uh, Provo and how rowdy it is. I don't know if we know how good BYU is going to be. Uh, Kedon Slovis and I, I just don't know if they've got enough juice. Uh, but everybody talks about what kind of raucous atmosphere that that will be and and all that. So I'm kind of in, intrigued by by that one. Is a sneaky tough game and you could get West Virginia at the end of September whenever West Virginia is possibly looking to make a change with Neil Brown or starting to look at that they've got a brutal non-conference schedule yeah he's picked to finish last I know Neil well he's a phenomenal guy it just hasn't really worked uh, up there and their new athletic director Ren Baker but you could be getting a very desperate West Virginia team at the end of September. So you've got some interesting road games, but I do. I love the schedule, man. It's, it's a lot of fun. And you don't play either Oklahoma school, which I think is really weird. Right. Well, it, it, so I, I'm, I'm not sure how you look at schedule schedules, Chris, you might do it because you travel the team and you kind of might look at it differently. But when I look at it as a whole, I kind of like to block things out. You know, I usually go in groups of three or groups of four. Yep. And I'm usually how I will do it. There's not, and these things change. But there's not a four-game stretch here where I'm really truly – like I think it's a – you know, hey, if it goes sideways, it's a one and three because 
even you know even go towards the back end tcu you take that last four games they have tcu's at home um the kansas road game like we don't know what kansas is going to be but i do know one thing for, is for sure that team has to learn how to uh basically build up a roster and sustain themselves for a full season because they were they were terrible i mean good god that defense was <laughs> was bad and in the last half of last better, year. yeah they're not going to be much better this year all their juice right. is on is on offense and that's the thing is like that, that's, and that's this is what all the new schools are gonna have to learn how to i mean it is the surviving and sustaining that's why tech ended up doing so well is teams were falling off and, and playing inconsistent tech rallied and finished the year strong and I think that's why, you know, people are excited this year is the balance, the fact they finished the year strong. And look, I mean, TC, we're not sure at Kansas, you get UCF at home and at Texas, you know, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what is riding on those games and where their opponents are. And I think the hope is this, I would love to have Texas, Texas tech at Texas uh, for something involving a big 12 title game spot because I think that is very interesting. But I do think you're right, though, about the Kansas State thing. It's a great point because Kansas State's such a good measuring stick for a school like Tech because Kansas State is such a good team, mm-hmm. right? The construction of that team is always going to be physical up front. We want to be, you, you know, you be the team that makes more mistakes. Um, and that's and that's kind of for Texas Tech where there can be some variance, right? We're going for it on fourth down a lot. You know, we're, we're good red zone defense. We're good red zone. You know, that's what we're hanging our hat on. Like, Schools like Kansas State are kind of the measuring stick of, all right, how refined is all of it? How good does it look? And I think it comes at a nice spot, October 14th. And that's kind of the one difficult stretch, though, right? You're going to play at Baylor, then you've got Kansas State at home. That's kind of the hard part. But I like the stretches they have here. I don't think there's anything that looks too overwhelming in terms of pods three or four games together. You mentioned the depth. And that's been one of the storylines that we've had around here is that you know, everybody's doing NIL differently. Well, Texas, Texas Tech has chosen to pay a flat deal to 120 mm-hmm. players, mm-hmm. okay, which is which is what the NCAA allows you to roster. Okay, that's the most you can have on a roster. We know about the 85 scholarships. Joey has invested as much in the back end of that roster and added guys. They pulled in a kid named Braylon Lux uh, in in the early summer from Fresno State, who was a starter, uh, starting corner. You don't have any scholarships available, but that because of the way you're set up NIL, you can get a guy like that to come in and be help immediately, and potentially be a starter on some of these weeks, help on special teams every week, and he doesn't have to pay for school, even though you don't have mm-hmm. scholarships. So I think that the depth component that you make is one of the best things that, uh, that, that Joey has kind of identified. And you're right. The central Florida, are they really aware of this is, is BYU. I know Dana is at Houston and I think BYU probably is because they put kind of play a semi, you know, power five schedule anyway. Right. But that's where you'll really see is that can you continue to withstand a few injuries and ding up and then maintain that same level? And when the back end of your roster is that much better and deeper and older, I think that you're better on special teams. And that's always been the secret with Kansas State. I mean, Kansas yes. State, they, they don't commit penalties. They shorten the game, but they always make a key special teams playing a game that can kind of turn it. And, and you're just like, how does this happen? How do they get a kickoff return against us for a touchdown? And then you look up, then you lose by four points. And, and you think back like, well, that, that's kind of what, what swung it. And so I think that the depth and just the quality depth 
is something that Joey has invested heavily in. Uh, and I think that will will pay some dividends as you try to go along here. And because it's a gauntlet, man. I mean, there's just not. Yeah. It's like the basketball deal. There's just, it's, just not it's, a lot it's, of, it's the quality, right? It's it's the week yes. in week out quality that makes yes. it hard. And that's that's why the Big Twelve is, you know, the SEC is there's a bit like this, but like the Big Ten is not like this, right? Like you play Indi- like Indiana is not good, right? Rutgers is not good. The big the Big Twelve has all of these schools who are like either like Matt Campbell has a fer- you know their offense could not do anything, but they have this ferocious, unbelievable defense last year. Mike Gundy is one of the best coaches that we have. You know, in in, uh, in the country, in the country, right? And you know, they can just like they. I, I've got no idea what the hell is going to happen. That school is that they're, they're probably the most interesting team in the entire league to me because I got no idea what that happened that roster. But like, you don't want to bet. It's not a coach you, you like your chances against all the time. Anything about TCU? All right, you know they've they've experienced this level of success. They're this tough school ever. Jalen Daniels is, is is this equalizer now. It is that week in week out. It's it's like basketball. It's become like you, you're you're totally right. It's become just like basketball. I want to. I want to ask though. Do you think Tech ends up in the Big Twelve championship game? Do you think that that's? Do you yeah, they cash in? I will tell you that uh, I, I I briefly exchanged some text messages with Joey yesterday about the poll coming out, and he he sent me he sent me a graphic that said, you know, and it showed six years in a row you've had teams that have been picked what, four, five, six, or seven, or eight, or whatever, right. that have played in the title game. And so I, I, I know this. He's going to be very disappointed if they don't get to – it's not that the season's a failure if they don't, but I think that that is really what they feel that they ha- can attain. And it's just going to come down to quarterback health and a little break here and there, and can somebody emerge. My main question with this team is – because I do think there's not really any weaknesses on paper. If you ask me that question, I would tell you your kicker, because it's unproven. Trey Wolf was a phenomenal kicker for you last year, 21 out of 25. So Gino Garcia will get those, those duties handed to him. What's that look like? And then your interior linebackers. You replace Kosai Eldridge and Krishan Merriweather. But you're replacing one of those spots with one of your best edge guys in Josiah Pierre, who was a transfer from Florida that played uh, interior linebacker at, at, at Florida for the Gators. So that's it. That's really your questions on paper. Okay. Everything else, you have depth, you have talent, you have experience, you have first, second, third team, all conference type guys. But do you have um, enough star power? Do mm-hmm. you have a Deuce Vaughn or a Quentin Johnston or Xavier Worthy or, you know, somebody like that, that when you just don't quite have it, they make a play and get you going. And here we go, you know, and we watch that with those two teams that played in the title game last year with those two guys specifically. I think they, Chuck can be that guy. It's just, God, can they keep him on the field? Gotta keep that's him right. The field. And he, and he could, you know, he yeah. absolutely could. You, it's not that you don't have it. We just don't right. know necessarily who that is yet. Um, I think Loic Fungi could be that guy for you. I think, uh, I think Dre McCray. I mean, there, there's a few sneaky get miles price, but there's a few guys that I think you could really feed and let them kind of cook, if you will, like to use your phrase from all ago, mm-hmm that I think, you know, can really put you in a good spot. Uh, but I, I, it's, a, it's a fascinating question as you try to figure this out because that's the one thing those two teams had. And I think Texas kind of has, which is why people are starting to look at them and say, man, that tight end's an NFL guy. Worthy is, is just proven. He's got like 20-something touchdowns in a couple of years that he's played. Bonafide. And so, 
you know, Kansas State's got the Florida State running back that's transferred in, you know, to replace Deuce Vaughn. So anyway, that's kind of my question. But I, I, I do think they they are going to be – and that Oregon game will be big. Uh, that will kind of yeah. put them on the national map if they win it. And you're going to get talked about it, rightfully so, if you win it. And people are going to start jumping on this bandwagon if they aren't already. They've got the Kansas State vibe from last year. That, that's that's they've got the the Kansas State you know dark horse vibe. It's not really a dark horse. I would also mention Austin McNamara before we get out of here. He's uh, <laughs> it, ironically the the he is a weapon, but it's just they go for it so much. I feel bad for the kid. Like they got this awesome punter. It's like well, sorry, sorry. I mean, you know, he's he's uh, but I mean. I think he's one of the best punters in the league, and I think it's just ironic that he's he goes. He turned down he turned down an NFL semi draft grade undrafted free agent stuff too because he's a he's a plus athlete. I mean, Austin McNamara yeah. is probably six three, six four, uh, probably about two ten. I mean, he he's a in, in a he's monster kid, yeah. leg. Yeah, monster leg. Um, but you're right. It's like we, we want to keep him on ice. That's what Joey. They, they kind of actually had these jokes with social media and all that last year, like. Man, we have an, an awesome punter that we never want to see. You know, I mean, it's just kind of and, and Austin had a, hey, he had fun with it, and he elected to to come right. back and kind of pass up, you know, going to the next uh, going to the next level and staying here. It's the it's and, and once again, I, you know, tech fans, I, I've had my questions about about this year's team, the defense and whatnot. I think the star power thing too. It just it's you know, I'm, I want to get there. I want to see it happen. I'm just not 100 percent sold, but they're doing everything correct. Like they they are very well organized when it comes to NIL that's I think why you keep a guy like an Austin McNamara, you know, they're happy and, and glad to to be back again. Uh, and that's just part of the depth that you had. So uh, I, this thing's trending in the right direction. It, you know, uh, I hate to be a little bit of a, a little bit of a hater, but I believe it when I see it, but nobody be shocked if we saw them in the big 12 title game this year. I think yeah. And it's fair to question it. I mean, I, I, th- I think uh, they were four and five last year at one point. And, 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 right. but you're talking about a lot of this hype because they, they never lost from that point. And you do have all these quarterback injuries and you never, you know, you maintained and you got better as the year went along and you, you made Ole Miss tap out. I mean, that was a top 10 Ole Miss team mm-hmm. at one point last year. And I'm looking at like the, the, the size of athlete out there and I'm thinking, Oh man, this is going to be, this is going to be a tough one. And, and Texas tech just, they, they just wore them out and they outplayed them. Mm-hmm. They wanted it more. They played hard. And these kids play hard for Joey. That's the one secret mix that you can't bottle up that they just didn't lose close games and they play really hard for their head coach when he climbed up on the crane a few weeks ago you got these guys on social media be like man i love that dude i'd I'd do anything for that guy and i think it's kind of unique and it's got the fan base completely juiced and you know the head coach is trying to speak some of this into existence uh and and i think uh, he's got his kids believing but you're right it's very fair to to question it there are no off you know, like gimmies. It's the first time, right. Josh. It's the first time that Kansas hasn't picked, been picked dead last in the league since 2010. So that just shows you how different the league is now than it used to be. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Chris, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Yeah, uh, RedRaiderSports.com. Uh, been doing that since 2002. Uh, been fortunate enough to work with the rivals folks. Uh, we are locked on Texas Tech. Me and Casey Cowan. Uh, Monday through Friday, it's a bit of a tricky time right now. And then, obviously, on Twitter, at Chris Level. And then you can hear me uh, when the Red Raiders are playing uh, football or basketball on any of the flagship stations for Texas Tech across the uh, state of Texas and online or whatever. Thanks to the folks at Learfield for uh, 
uh, allowing me to be a part of that. So, but, but Josh, you're good people. Appreciate you having me on. Always fun talking to football. We're getting closer. Getting close. Getting close. Appreciate you so much, Chris. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you once the season begins. Sounds good, man. Appreciate it.